This is Jennifer Hadley, and I'm grateful to be able to transcend time and space this way in order to be with you. The workshop you're about to listen to was recorded live on the phone with an audience. I encourage you to print out the transcript and have it in front of you. You can get the link to download the transcript on the CD cover. This way you can make your notes of personal ahas and insights, and you'll have them to go back to later. I invite you to pause the recording after the prayer at the beginning and take a moment to write down your intention for healing. You can intend to participate fully and listen wholeheartedly. Remember, you share the benefits of your healing and expansion with everyone because you're one with them. There's no extra charge to make the most of your investment. You're so worth it. Thank you. Peace and happiness. This is our topic today. And of course, it's really about how do we become a manifestation and a demonstration of peace and happiness and experience the fullness of that spiritual quality of peace. So we always begin with a prayer and a blessing, and I'm inviting you to join me in that right now. And I invite you to place your hand on your heart. Always such a good place to start. So taking this breath. Breathing deeply. And we're opening right now, opening our hearts and minds to the highest possibility of love and peace in our life. We're invoking the higher Holy Spirit self right now, invoking divine love into our awareness, divine grace, divine love, divine peace, divine grace are always active, omnipresent, and omnipotent. And right now, we're placing our attention on these spiritual qualities, on the activity of the divine in our life valuing our spiritual connection with our own holiness and giving thanks for it. We're calling forth the healing right now. We're accepting a healing right now. Not just but not just for ourselves, but for everyone. For our family, our friends, our ancestors, our co workers, all beings sharing the benefits with all beings. We make a holy offering of the beliefs and the patterns and the habits that create all blocks to peace in our life. We make a holy offering of them right now. We're not interested in lack and limitation anymore. We're not interested in thoughts of separation and attack anymore. 
we're valuing that which is truly valuable, which is our opportunity, our holy opportunity in every moment to be a living representation of love. And we rejoice that the opportunity is always available to us. We are always welcome to renew ourselves in the spirit and we're choosing that right now and we're grateful and thankful to allow it to be and so it is amen and in this holy 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 awakening right now i'm inviting you to continue in this prayerful state And to continue to breathe deeply, breathing in love and gratitude. Gratitude lifts our vibration. It is the vibration that magnifies the good in our life. So we're giving thanks for all the good in our life. We're giving thanks right now for this workshop and the healing that we've called forth. And in this high vibration, in this receptivity, Let us call forth a divine vision for our life as peaceful. And what would be the difference in our life if we dedicated ourselves to having a powerful and potent spiritual practice of purification and clarification on a daily basis, moment by moment, walking the talk and living the love, dedicating ourselves to actually being the peace rather than chasing it or complaining that we don't have it. What would be the difference in our life if we dedicated ourselves to being the very peace of God? when we look back over our life and we think of how much of our precious time and energy, how much of our precious life force, the spiritual energy that we have every day to live our life, how much of it have we invested in complaining, being upset, holding on to grudges and judgment, hurt, How much have we invested in choosing thoughts that are fearful, thoughts of attack and thoughts of lack and limitation? How much of our precious life that we could have invested in being a peaceful presence, a loving presence, a generous and kind and grateful presence, have we instead invested in being unpeaceful, unharmonious, unkind, ungenerous, resentful, regretful, taking offense, blaming and shaming ourselves and others. Our life is a holy opportunity, is a divine opportunity to undo the egoic patterns of lack and attack, resentment, blame, shame, regret, taking offense, thoughts of revenge, unforgiveness, hurt, 
And I do believe it is our spiritual responsibility to undo these patterns and to be happy, to be peaceful, to be the living representation of divine love. This is our spiritual responsibility. And we are in charge. We're in charge of our our choices. So where in our life are we abdicating our spiritual authority and instead blaming others for our choices? In order to have peace and happiness, we must release what we're cherishing instead. And so in this moment right now, let us dedicate ourselves to replacing the habits of choosing lack and limitation, lack and attack, with the habits of peace and happiness. Let us dedicate ourselves to that. Let this be the moment now that we decide from this point forward, we are choosing love. Love has already chosen us. It is our divine nature. And so now in this moment, we're accepting the holy agreement that our life is, that we truly will be dedicated, devoted, spiritual seekers from this moment forward. We are dedicated spiritual seekers from this moment forward. And every time we fall down, we get ourselves back up with love and compassion, kindness, replacing the habits of blame and shame. It's on. Today is the day we've begun. And we rejoice. We rejoice that regardless of anything that has come before this moment, now is our holy, holy awakening. We share the benefits with everyone, and we're grateful, so very grateful, to begin counting our blessings with enthusiasm. (laughs) Yes. The deep desire of our heart is to know our divinity and to reveal it moment by moment in every activity of our life. How good it is. In gratitude, we accept this charge. We allow it to be our life. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm, That feels so yummy. So as usual... In every workshop, in every class, I do my very best to jam-pack as much as I can into each minute. And so the invitation to you right now is to make a commitment to yourself, to God, to your family, your friends, your community, to do your own spiritual work. And one thing you can do that's actually pretty easy is to listen and re-listen and re-listen to this recording and to read along with the transcript. Listen and read and make your notes in the transcript. So if you have the recording, then the transcript is yours also and you have everything you need to 
to do your spiritual work. What a blessing. Because many people feel lost and bereft because they don't have spiritual community. They don't have spiritual friends. They don't have spiritual books and audios and things that are clear and concise. They don't have spiritual tools and methods, and they feel very, very confused. And that's not you. You have all kinds of tools at your disposal, even just in this one recording and transcript. How wonderful. So let us begin with what is peace? We'd like to have it. What is it? Peace is a spiritual quality of God. It is part of your true nature. The spiritual qualities of the divine are always accessible. They are live streaming 24 hours a day. They are our true nature. So spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. They don't take a holiday or a break. They are all that there is. So spiritual qualities include love, harmony, joy, peace, of course, freedom, wisdom, clarity, purity, wholeness, abundance, and prosperity. These are all spiritual qualities that are always present always accessible. They are pure. They are available to everyone. They are our birthright and our destiny. The only reason that we don't experience them all of the time is because we're choosing to experience something else. So if I, in any moment, think something isn't good, um, this day isn't good, I don't have what I need in order to be peaceful, that thought creates an obstruction to experiencing peace. When I think a thought that obstructs peace, I feel the obstruction. I feel the lack of peace. But that is the illusion. Peace is always present, but if I choose to deny it and ignore it and instead think a thought of lack and attack, limitation and separation, then I'm going to experience lack and attack, limitation and separation. So in A Course in Miracles, it tells us that all thought produces form at some level and that our thoughts and our feelings, our belief, these three things combine to create the power that produces our experience in life. And in every moment, we have the ability and the power to change our thinking according to our desire. Our thoughts are up to us. Many people prefer to blame other people for their thoughts. They blame their parents, their family, their ancestors. They blame the world. And so then what 
they're doing in that moment is they're choosing thoughts of limitation. They're saying, I am limited by my experience. However, our experience is created by our beliefs, our thoughts, and our feelings. First comes the thought. We energize it with our belief, and then we feel it. We experience it. Now, we are all subject to, in this world of illusion, in this human experience, part of this divine experience that our 3D experience in the illusion is, is the experience of free will. Free will only exists within the illusion, and as it says in A Course in Miracles and many other teachings, There really is only divine will. But within the illusion, it's available to us to have an experience of free will. But it's illusory. There's only divine will. So in this human experience, it's all about you have free will to experience, think, choose within the illusion and your experience will be according to your choices of what you are interested in thinking. And because there's only one, in the illusion there is the experience of the collective thought. So if the majority of people agree that peace is not unconditional, that peace is conditional, that our experience of peace is going to be based on what's happening in the world, then it will continuously arise in our mind that peace is conditional, that love is conditional, that harmony is conditional, and wholeness is conditional, and prosperity is conditional, and abundance is conditional, and all the spiritual qualities are conditional. Because the collective belief is that the spiritual qualities are conditional. But they're not. And it's about us having dominion over our mind so that we can agree with what is true. What is true is that spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, and they are not conditional. Experience is conditional because experience is conditioned by our thoughts. But spiritual qualities are not conditional. So it's up to us to use our free will to create the experience that we'd like to have using the power of divine love, divine will. So it's up to us to have dominion over our thinking. The consciousness of the human race, the thoughts of the human race, the mood of the human race will constantly be pressing against us. That is the ego thought system of lack and attack, separation and limitation. So this whole human experience that we're having is about will we decide to have dominion over our mind? And when the thoughts arise of 
I'm not good enough. When the thoughts arise of that one's an idiot. When the thoughts arrive of there's not enough, we're in a resection. There's um, evil uh, pressing against us and affecting us. When all of these thoughts are arising in our mind, we have the spiritual ability to agree with them and invest our energy in them, our belief in them, our thoughts, our emotion in them. Or we can say, get thee behind me. I'm only interested in the thoughts I think with God. Therein lies the peace of God. So the peace of God is always available to us, but we must recognize that it's unconditional. Peace is not conditional. So in this human experience, it's about aligning with divine will and no longer being interested in free will. So the more we align with our divinity, the more we move out of cherishing our own beliefs, opinions, and judgments, the more we have a pure experience of each of these wonderful spiritual qualities. So the only thing that blocks and hinders our experience of unconditional love, unconditional harmony, unconditional prosperity, unconditional peace, is our belief in another power. So when we believe our opinions and judgments, we're saying that we have the power because we love and cherish our judgments and opinions. We think that we're right. And we're saying, ah, there are two powers in this world. There's God, but God, I don't know. God sometimes makes all these mistakes and there's all this crap and stuff happening. So I am going to decide what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. I'll be the spiritual authority in this world. My free will, I'm going to invest in labeling and judging and complaining and criticizing and taking offense. Because aligning with divine will, hmm, I might not manifest what I really want. And what I really want is the stuff of this world. I want that great career. I want that perfect lover. I want a nicer body. I want a nicer home. I want a nicer job. I want and I want and I want and I want. And if I dedicate myself to being the love and being the peace and being the joy and being the freedom, I might not get all the stuff I want. And I can't be happy unless I get what I want. So it's better for me if I be the spiritual authority in my world. At least then I have a chance of getting what I want. And that's my only chance of being happy. Those are the thoughts that obstruct the happiness. Those are the thoughts that obstruct the peace. Those are the thoughts that obstruct the joy. So let's take a big breath of love and place our hand on our heart and say, enough of that. I have experienced 
so much of that. I can tell that the endless wanting brings me one thing. The more I'm wanting, the more I'm left wanting. (laughs) Wanting and having are not the same. If I'm energizing wanting, if I'm investing the creative power of the universe in my thoughts and beliefs and feelings, and my thoughts and beliefs and feelings are, I am wanting, I am not having, I'm not having the kingdom of God, I'm wanting this stuff, I'm wanting what I do not have, then there's no end to the wanting. The wanting will never cease because our thoughts are always about wanting. Do you see how that works? So I'm going to invite you right now to just make a little list. I want this, I want that. What is it that you're wanting? Do you notice that you don't have it? That you're not experiencing it? That you don't feel it? That you're not celebrating the enjoyment of it? Do you notice that? Peace and the experience of peace. Being the peace, knowing the peace, having the peace requires that we give up wanting and start recognizing that we have. The kingdom is within. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added unto you. So what part of all else will be added unto you don't you understand? Is it that you don't understand it or you don't believe it? Most spiritual seekers that are not fulfilled and happy do not believe that if they seek the kingdom first, they will be peaceful and happy. So that's why they're looking outside of themselves to try to manufacture and manifest, which is so popular now, manifesting, manifesting, demonstrating, demonstrating, the peace. We don't have to manifest and demonstrate the peace of God. It's already available to us to experience. And when we release cherishing the thoughts that obstruct it, then we'll experience it. This is the truth that sets us free. This is the truth that liberates us. Now, it, it sounds very simple that all we have to do is give up cherishing our judgments and opinions and the endless wanting, and then we already have everything. We already have it. Everything it will be added unto us because we already have it. Course of Miracles says, ask and it is given because it's already been given. So we ask for divine assistance in remembering that it's already here instead of looking out in the world to get it. The world is an illusion. We can't get the eternal, infinite, spiritual qualities of love and peace and harmony and joy in the world because the world is an illusion. But what is true and what is real is that we are invested and pre-approved to fully embody manifest and demonstrate the kingdom in this world. This is our divine destiny. This is our holy purpose. 
for having a human incarnation is to remember to value that which is truly valuable. So happiness is the temporal experience, the, the, illusion, the illusory experience in the human life. It's in the 3D. But joy is unconditional. Joy is a spiritual quality of God, and we can actually experience the fullness of joy no matter what the circumstances of our life are. That's what I discovered when my mom was dying, and it was so, so challenging in the human experience, in the physical world. Horrible, horrible things were happening to my mom's body. Uh, my, my father was grieving so deeply. We were all grieving, and yet I felt this tremendous joy because in my relationship with my mom and my dad, I was able to completely and totally give and receive love unconditionally. There were no blocks to love. They all were dissipating. And so I was experiencing amazing, unconditional, unprecedented joy. And that's when I really figured out that these spiritual qualities truly are omnipresent and omnipotent. And it's my choice to think something else and treasure something else that creates a block to the experience of these spiritual qualities. And I don't have to do that. That's optional. And so it is about being willing to be the peace of God and take dominion. And the only way I know to do that is through spiritual practice. The spiritual practices assist us in staying focused and on seeking the kingdom first and being an expression of love and peace and prosperity and joy and fulfilling our divine destiny. What I've experienced in my own life, what I see with so many spiritual seekers, is that there is a deep, deep, deep sense of confusion and upset that is the direct byproduct of not cherishing our divinity. That was my experience. I was always on the edge of fear and upset, resentment, regret, and all of these distractions, all of these emotions. And I didn't realize that it was because I was not devoted and dedicated to being the peace. So... A Course in Miracles, all my years of training as a science of mind practitioner and minister in the Agape community. That was, I believe, nine years total training <laughs> all those years. All of that assisted me. Course in Miracles assisted me. But here's the thing that made the difference. I made up my own mind, and I decided to become dedicated and devoted because I was willing to stop cherishing my own judgments and opinions. I realized that it was my thoughts of lack and attack and limitation 
that were creating all the suffering in my life, and I took total responsibility for my thinking. Total, 100% responsibility. And in every moment of every day, I began to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and value that partnership. I began to work with my guides and angels. I began to listen to divine guidance and follow it, even if it didn't make sense to me, even if I didn't like it. Instead of treasuring my own opinions and judgments, my declarations of who's good and who's bad, I began to treasure the opportunity to be compassionate and loving and kind and graceful, harmonious and peaceful. I did a lot of forgiveness work until I realized that all forgiveness is non-judgment. And I could simply release all the opinions and judgments. And then I didn't have to labor over forgiveness work. And as I did these things, I discovered that I'm pretty much always peaceful because I'm not choosing the thoughts that disturb my peace anymore. And when I do now... I really notice it. So it's kind of like this. I realized that when I started my spiritual practice, I wasn't dedicated and I wasn't devoted. Instead of really having a strong spiritual practice, I took a lot of classes and I read a lot of books and I had a lot of conversation. And I labeled that my spiritual practice. Now, all of that is part of a spiritual journey, part of a spiritual awakening, part of a spiritual life. Of course, I value those things now. But a spiritual practice is different. And for me, my spiritual practice is every minute of every day. So I don't say, oh, I'm going to stop my spiritual practice now and move on to other things. No, it's every minute of every day because I'm interested in experiencing, manifesting and demonstrating the love of God in every moment of every day. I'm a spiritual being, so all that my life is, is a spiritual practice. Every occurrence in my life is my opportunity to deepen my spiritual practice. So I don't want to stop my spiritual practice and take some time off. So it is about being disciplined and committed and consistent. Without consistency, there's the sense that we fall in and out of love, in and out of peace, right? But God is consistent, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. What does that tell you? Consistency. (laughs) So when we're not consistent, we don't experience the fullness of God because we're choosing not to be consistently aligned. 
consistency really is a spiritual quality. It is the omniscience, omnipotence, omni-everything, everywhere present. So when we are recognizing that and we're willing to align with it, then we experience it. How could we not experience it when we are choosing it? But if we deny it, if we prefer, you know, I'm just going to think these thoughts of revenge for a little while. Well, then our experience of peace and harmony and abundance and prosperity is not going to be consistent because we're treasuring the idea of separation. By treasuring the thought of revenge. If we recognize the unity of all life, would we ever treasure a thought of separation and revenge? Blame? If we see that our human experience is a journey of awakening and remembering to treasure our divinity more than anything else, and in fact to treasure only our divinity, and to have no false idols, no false gods, including our opinions and judgments. When we reach that point, that all we're interested in is treasuring that which we are, that which truly is, instead of our miscreations, which are our thoughts and judgments and the byproduct of our judgments, then we are truly awakening, we're truly bringing benefit, and we can get out of this whirlpool of negativity in the human experience. And we don't have to keep incarnating. But as long as we treasure our judgments and opinions, our thoughts of lack and attack and limitation then we're going to continue to have the human experience. Course in Miracles says it's about saving time. That's what it's referring to, is not going over and over and over the same kinds of thoughts, lack, limitation, and separation, and having more and more human experience. I mean, haven't we really had all the possible human experience we can of illness and limitation. Hurt and upset. As long as we blame one thing on somebody else, we're not going to experience the fullness of the good that we are entitled to. We're entitled to miracles. We're entitled to healing. But we're not choosing healing if we're choosing thoughts of limitation. Now, in our human experience, everything is perfectly designed for us to wake up. So when that neighbor is doing something that we don't like, whether it's our coworker or our friend or the person who lives next door, whoever it is, that's doing something we don't like, and we choose to energize, 
that there's something wrong with them. Or when we're looking at the world and thinking there's something wrong with us, then we are blocking the flow of love and prosperity and abundance and wholeness and harmony in our life through the thoughts that we're choosing. This this is the final frontier <laughs> in a certain way. So we've all had many, many, many lifetimes and we've become more and more proficient uh, having dominion over our mind. But the last frontier really is the opinions and the judgments. So there are, of course, many stories of people who go into monasteries and nunneries and things like that in order to be removed from the world, in order to more easily purify and clarify. But their opinions and judgments go right with them because... These opinions and judgments that we cherish, the thoughts of lack and attack, they're patterns in the mind. They're patterns in the mind. And the only way that I know to heal them is through spiritual practice, being dedicated, devoted, and consistent. Now, we can continue to create suffering through our thinking, through our choices, through what we choose to energize. And then that suffering creates an experience where we say, I've just got to surrender. I've just got to surrender. And I know I've had this experience myself, and many spiritual seekers have said to me, oh, my God, do I have to surrender even this? Do I have to surrender that? Do I have to surrender everything? And what I learned personally is it's never not about surrender because the only thing there is to surrender is anything that we're cherishing instead of God. And yes, if we would like to experience the fullness of God and stop reincarnating in this experience of separation, then we must surrender every thought of separation. We must surrender every limiting thought. We must surrender every thought of lack and attack. And what does surrender mean? We give it up. We make an offering of it. We say, I realize this doesn't serve me anymore and I'm not interested in pouring my spiritual energy into it and manifesting and demonstrating it. Because no matter how insignificant you might label a thought of criticism, judgment, blame, shame, attack, and limitation, no matter how insignificant you might label that thought, it still is going to demonstrate and manifest in your life. So... See if you can imagine this. Imagine that you have, and you may have with you right now, a glass, clear bottle of pure water. Pure, beautiful, delicious water. Pristine water. Now, imagine that you had uh, some kind of poison 
something noxious. And you just put one drop into that glass of water. Do you still want to drink that water? It changes it, doesn't it? But that water can be purified, can't it? Even the most toxic water can be purified because water's nature is pure. And that's the same with us. Our nature is pure. We are all like pure, clear quartz crystals. Clear as glass. So beautiful. So magnificent. But our thoughts of limitation, lack, and attack create the obscuration. So it appears within the illusion that we're not pure. And as long as we cherish these thoughts, we will not experience the purity. Peace equals purity. The peace of God is always there for us, just like water's nature is pure. It's something added into it that is not of its nature that makes it appear impure and the same is true of us. And the only thing that can obstruct our sense of purity and clarity and wisdom, and freedom, and joy is that which we cherish instead of our divinity. Have no false idols. No gods before you. Just the one God. So I want to ask you, in your life, who decides what you do? Is there someone who decides what you do? Some people literally live in a jail cell, in a prison, and someone else decides when they can come and go, when they can eat and things like that. But no one can really make them eat. They decide what they're going to do to a large degree, even a prisoner in a jail still has a large degree of dominion over what they do. And they have total dominion over what they think. Who decides what you do? Who decides what you do instead of your spiritual practice? If you're wanting peace, then you don't realize that it's your true nature. And you don't realize it's your true nature because there's something else that you want. There's something else that you want will never make you happy except for a moment. Because that's how it is with the things of this world. We already know this. We already know all of this. But here's the thing. Do we really know it? What I discovered for myself through my spiritual practice, through my decision to be consistent, through my dedication and devotion, and my decision to cherish God only, only God, Not my opinions, not my judgments, not to cherish my experience, not to cherish my memories, 
not to be sentimental, not to cherish the stuff. I enjoy the stuff, but I don't worship it. When I decided to only cherish God and my connection with God and to make my spiritual practice strong and to take it into every moment of my life and be dedicated and devoted, then I realized everything I thought I wanted was within me. And the joy and the peace and the harmony and the wisdom and the clarity and the freedom are all that's valuable to me now. And I'm interested in expressing that in the world and sharing that in the world. But I don't need to and I don't want to. I enjoy it, but it's not necessary. What is necessary to me is continuous clarification and purification, seeking to remove all the toxins from the water through my spiritual practice. And now my spiritual practice is the best part of my life in terms of that time of study, that time of dedication and devotion. Now, one of the biggest ahas I had and it still blows me away every time I think of it, is for years and years and years. Remember, I I was uh, five years in ministerial school, four years in practitioner uh, training and pre-practitioner training. And before that, I still had at least a decade of spiritual study and classes and seeking. All those years and years and years of activity, expenses, all of that, I was gathering the intellectual information so I, un- I understood exactly what I'm sharing with you on an intellectual level. But when I began to really practice it, when I made myself dedicated, consistent, and devoted, Then what happened was I began to actually know it. Because until you live it, you don't actually know it. If you think you know something intellectually, but you don't embody it and you don't live it, you don't demonstrate it. You don't cherish it through your consistency and your devotion don't actually know it because what I realized was when I became fully willing to dedicate myself to purification and clarification, then I realized, oh my goodness, all the unhappiness and the upset that I've experienced in my life was of my choosing of my choosing on one level or another or it was for my benefit to help me surrender to help me wake up all the pain and suffering that we've experienced in our life is to get us to wake up wake up wake up wake up and stop cherishing the things of this world and to remember to cherish and be grateful for our divinity 
and to be consistent in aligning with our divinity. So when I made that choice, I began to discover true wisdom, which is not intellectual. And what is amazing is the wisdom of God, it's fully formed. So there's no learning involved. It's just you know that you know. And when you know that you know, you don't make thought, chat, choices rather. When you know that you know, when you're aligned with divine wisdom, you don't make choices that are self-sabotaging and self-medicating. Self-sabotage and self-medication were two of the primary activities in my life until I dedicated myself to being consistent. And then they fell away. They fell away. So one of the things that we cherish that keeps us from experiencing peace and happiness are the things that we think bring us peace and happiness that are only about the body. So let's see if you can think of some of the things that you pour your life energy into that are only about the body, that you think bring you peace and happiness. But they actually don't because you're cherishing the false idols and you're in your opinions and judgments. So for me, I can tell you it was smoking, drinking, um, just pursuing things in the world and trying to manifest and demonstrate stuff. In A Course in Miracles, it talks about the script is already written. So everything that we're experiencing is perfectly designed to best get our attention to wake up and become dedicated and devoted right now. So whatever the painful experiences are that we're having right now are perfectly designed for us to wake up right now. Every attachment that we have to how we think it should be or how we think it shouldn't be, all those mental hooks and attachments, the suffering that we experience because of them is perfectly designed for us to realize that we're cherishing the things of this world, including cherishing our attachments to other people and how our relationships could work and should work, <laughs> including how we think our bodies should look and work, These are all opinions and judgments. So for me, one of the most powerful healing breakthroughs was when I started to, in my prayers, say, Holy Spirit, Mother, Father, God, please take from me all the thoughts that I think instead of thinking the thoughts that are true. Please relieve me of 
any desire to cherish my own thoughts. Let me think only the thoughts I think with you. I'm no longer interested in what I think anymore. I'm only interested in the truth. I'm only interested in the wisdom, in the clarity, in the purity, in the freedom, in the joy, in the abundance and the prosperity, and being a living representation of divine love and truth. That's all that I'm interested in. Let everything else fall away. And you know what fell away? As I began to practice that, releasing every time I cherished a judgment or opinion or thought I was right, I began to experience the peace, the harmony, the love, the joy, the freedom, the abundance, the prosperity. That I could now begin to experience in an unlimited, unprecedented, profound way. And where I had been teaching classes in spiritual principle and understanding it intellectually, now I was getting it in my heart. And it's quite possible that the reason that you're with me in this workshop right now it's because you get that to a larger and larger degree, I get it in my heart and I live it. And that's me connecting with the spiritual authority and divine will. And you can do this too. And I'm dedicated to supporting you if you're interested in that. And I'm also sharing with you that the only way I could get there was through placing my spiritual practice first and foremost in my life and being disciplined, being consistent. And it was not easy for me. It was so not easy for me. It was so challenging and hard, so difficult for me. Oh, my goodness. It kicked my butt every single minute of every single day. And now it's... So much easier. I reached a tipping point in my experience where instead of it feeling excruciating and painful, it began to get easier and easier and easier. And I was so grateful. But I was committed to no matter how difficult it seemed to be, I was willing to keep going. Even though at times I was exhausted. I mean, just mentally, emotionally exhausted. But that exhaustion that I felt from releasing all the judgments and opinions and doing all that deep forgiveness work, that exhaustion that I felt, A, it was humbling, and B, it also... was liberating because then I had less <laughs> I had less vitality to invest in hanging on to my stuff. So I was more willing to surrender because I was exhausted from trying to work my will and not succeeding. So one of the things you hear me say in all the classes is 
All attachments create suffering. Now, what are attachments? Attachments are the two kinds of thoughts. I say they come in two flavors, cravings and aversion. So the cravings are I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need, always related to the body, always related to the temporal experience of life, wanting and needing, wanting and needing, right? Because when you are willing to seek the kingdom within, you really do discover that everything has already been given to you. So attachments are wanting and needing, the cravings. The other thing is the aversions, the things you don't like, the things that you hate, the things you despise, the judgments, the opinions, the criticisms, and the taking offense. Those are the aversions. Cravings, aversions, these are the two kinds of attachments that block your happiness, they block your peace, they block your spiritual awakening, and they keep you tethered to this world. Attachments keep you tethered to the human experience. So if you're a spiritual student and you value the cravings and the aversions, and you keep them going and you feed them, you water them, you fertilize them with your BS, your belief systems, then you'll always be suffering. The good news is, at some point, you'll be so tired of suffering that you will surrender the whole of everything that's creating the misery in your life. Every, you will begin to value giving up every single thought that you cherish that creates the suffering, every single attachment. Now, relationship is not attachment, but it can be. Connection with people and places, Mother Earth, animals, are not attachments, but they can be. Attachment is how you hold it in your mind. It's the meaning that you make of things. What I have found in my life experience for myself and many other people is the thing that makes us miserable is the meaning that we make of things. Those are our judgments and opinions. There's nothing else to make us miserable. We can actually be in physical distress and not feel misery. People have proven that, haven't they? We can be in all kinds of physical circumstances and be joyful and harmonious and peaceful and grateful and not pretending, but fully and truly. And and that's one of the things that I learned through my experience of giving up the attachment and the judgment. What I find for so many spiritual seekers is that there are very, very few of them who will actually have a deep spiritual practice. Instead, they're reading books to collect information, thinking that information is going to set them free, but it doesn't. Living the truth is what sets you free. If you're cherishing your thoughts and your interpretations and the meaning that you make of things, then you're not 
valuing the truth that liberates and sets you free. So, you know, this is not easy to develop a deep spiritual practice. It's much easier just to read books and take classes and have spiritual conversation. But one of the things that I found in so many of those classes and conversations is many, many spiritual seekers, rather than seeking to set themselves free from the thoughts of lack and attack, they're actually interested in having a spiritual sense of superiority. And this was me, too. This is how I discovered it. You know, I don't, uh, I don't pretend to be... <laughs> anything other than what I am, and I'm so grateful for all my experience. I, I was such an egotistical person, and I still am in many ways. I work at it every day. There's not a moment of any day that goes by that I'm not interested in that purification, the returning to love. So in my experience of many spiritual communities, and spiritual circles is that there's uh, a lot of ego where people want to, they want, again, to be superior to other people, smarter. Well, that's just ego. And I've had many spiritual students get into conversations with me where they're trying to prove that they know more than me. You know, I'm always thrilled when I can ever encounter someone who has more spiritual insight than I do. What a gift. It's not a competition. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a beautiful blessing to encounter anyone who has more spiritual insight. But people who think they know more than you, I don't think they have real spiritual insight. I don't think they really do. I don't. Because the ones who are really awake they know they're one with you, and they know that everyone has spiritual insight. This is our birthright. This is our divinity awake and alive in us. The people who have the evidence of their spiritual insight and awakening are joyful and happy and so grateful that they can share with anyone. Right? Sharing is the bomb. It's the big blessing that we get to share the insight. When I first um, really began to wake up, wake up, I started a Course in Miracles study group on the phone because I could not be contained. I, I just couldn't. I was calling all my friends. I was asking, could I come over to their house and talk about these because I was just so excited. I wanted to have more conversation because the, the conversation was so helpful to me in recognizing my thoughts that weren't true so I can make an offering of them and be cleansed and purified of them. And I knew that other people were just as encoded with spiritual insight, wisdom, and clarity as me. And I really was hungering to be in the two or more who are gathered all of the time. I was so enthusiastic, so filled with that. And I yearned to make it my profession, but... I did it anyway, <laughs> even though nobody paid me. I did it anyway because I loved it so much. And I'm still doing that with the Living A Course in Miracles series. 16 classes, totally free. 
my joy, my joy, my joy. And if you go to iTunes and search for Jennifer Hadley, there's a lot, there's hundreds of hours of free things there. So money is not required. Yes, I offer a couple of classes that are all about spiritual practice and developing that discipline, that consistency with a group of like-minded individuals. And those classes are paid classes. And they're paid classes for two reasons. One, I find that the most consistent and devoted and dedicated people are the ones who have invested their money in something. And so I make these classes as low cost as I can make them. And those are the source of income, along with tithes, that pay for my staff so that I can offer the free classes to everyone. So mostly I, I, I support myself on tithes. That's my personal expenses and my business expenses come from offering the classes. And I'm only telling you this to say that I live the spiritual truth and principle. There's nothing hidden. And I'm not getting wealthy, not that being wealthy is bad or wrong or anything like that. Being wealthy is wonderful. I would love to be wealthy financially, and perhaps I will be. However, right now, what I'm most interested in is making more and more things available at free or very low cost. And that's my, my joy, is to be able to share and share and share. And so I'm living my joy. This was my, the thing I was wanting and craving. <clears throat> Time for some tea here. But I consciously gave up wanting and craving it. I stopped myself from energizing that I didn't have it. And I, I committed myself for years to awakening to the full realization that everything has already been given to me. And it is my spiritual responsibility to remember that, to access it, and to share it. And it's my joy. It is my joy. I am so much happier now sharing the benefits of my learning, my healing, my expansion than I ever, ever, ever was through having something like, um, uh, oh, just the things that used to make me really happy, like having tickets to the Rolling Stones or having uh, a new dress or having uh, a beautiful orchid or... Um, uh, a great vacation or any of those things. You know, I used to think that those were the pinnacle of happiness. Those are nothing. Those are just momentary pleasures. Now, as I look around me in my home, there are so many beautiful orchids, and I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for them, but they're not the source of joy in my life, but I enjoy them, and I'm happy for them. So happy that I now recognize that really I'd, I'd rather have a beautiful orchid in my home 
than go out for an expensive dinner. And I mostly stay at home now anyway in my spiritual practice and in my profession because uh, it's many, many hours of work to create all these classes and all the things that go with it. You know, writing all the emails that I send and all the things that I do and the pages of the website and creating the artwork, it's, believe me, it's at least a full-time job just for me, never mind the staff. Final thoughts. Peace and happiness are not elusive. They're not. They are your birthright. They are your destiny. It's your inconsistency. Your lack of true spiritual practice, dedication, and devotion that are obstructing your experience of love, joy, peace, harmony, wholeness, freedom, wisdom, clarity, and all the spiritual qualities of life. It's your opinions and your judgments that are the false gods in your life. It's your decision to make negative meaning out of your experience rather than not judge and harvest the wisdom so you don't have to keep repeating the experience. Every experience that you have of suffering is encoded with your wake-up call. Perfectly, perfectly planned for you based on your thinking. So I invite you to listen and re-listen to this recording and I invite you right now to make the appointment of when you're going to do that. Read the transcript while you listen. Make your notes in your transcript. Rather than investing in being upset, in calling your friends and complaining, in harboring things in self-sabotage, in self-medication because you're so upset, invest in your spiritual practice. If you'd like my assistance, Finding Freedom is my spiritual boot camp class. Finding Freedom, seven weeks of spiritual boot camp to deepen your practice, to make your commitment, to heal your life and set yourself free. Take Finding Freedom and then take Masterful Living. Masterful Living starts at the beginning of every year. Right now, I'm still committed to offering it in 2013. I invite you to join me. And even if you don't take Finding Freedom, you can still take Masterful Living. But right now, in Masterful Living, what I'm seeing is the people who took Finding Freedom are having much more powerful results because they started their discipline and dedication before Masterful Living. But start where you are. You don't need me. You don't need my help, but I am here to support you if that's what you'd like. But you have everything you need to have peace and happiness because it's already pre-installed. The access is right there in the kingdom, in your heart. The access is within. You can change your mind in every moment. When you think thoughts of lack and limitation, you experience suffering And that's your wake-up call. 
You decide. You're in charge. So let us place our hands on our hearts right now and remember the divinity of all life is who and what we are. And we're grateful and thankful to accept this holy charge that we are the light of the world. And it's up to us to know the truth that sets us free. We have everything that we need and we're willing to recognize it right now. We make a holy offering of the habits of suffering. We make a holy offering of all judgments and opinions, all thoughts of lack and attack, the grudges, the resentments, the thoughts of revenge, all the vows that we've ever taken to never forget, to always remember the pain and the suffering. We place them on the holy altar fire of God's love and we invoke the higher Holy Spirit itself and the guides and the angels to assist us now in releasing everything that no longer serves us and to awakening to the truth that sets us free. In grace and gratitude, we are so grateful and thankful that God can never give up on us and now we have stopped giving up on us and we are saying yes. We are willing, we are grateful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone, rejoicing that we're one with them now and forevermore. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. (sighs) So beautiful. I love you and I thank you. And I also... We'll let you know Finding Freedom starts August 1st. If you would like a payment plan, you feel finances are limited, you can design your own payment plan. We'll work it out for you. There's no limitation as far as that concern. It's a powerful way to assist you in developing that consistency, dedication, and devotion. I share with you the tools that... I was given that worked for me, and these tools are, were mostly given to me by my guides and angels. I share them, and you get the transcripts, you get the recordings, you can participate no matter where you are in the world. People from all over the world take the class, work the recordings, the transcripts, the videos, and you can too. I'm here to help you, and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that we get to do it together. Thank you. Thank you again for investing your precious heart in your healing. It lifts us all. If you'd like more support, please go to jenniferhadley.com. I offer the free gift of daily prayer and inspiration by means of my blog, which I call Spiritual Espresso. Sign up today and you'll join with people from all over the world who are in a powerful prayer circle together. Spiritual Espresso is a great support to keep your mind open and focused on love every day in every way. Thank you for being my prayer partner. I love you and I thank God for you. (laughs) Yes, I do.